0: All right. This is Ollie in the case of the malicious magician. Malicious? does that mean? means somebody that has ill intent. It <laughs> I means somebody that is being mean, is doing bad things. So the evil magician. Basically. But malicious magician is more fun to say than evil magician. Um... It comes from the root is the word malice, which means the intention to do harm. Right. So, well, I got this call. He said, and the caller said, "Hey, uh, my name is Sean, and I need your help. My whole neighborhood needs your help." And I said, "Okay." Uh, I'll to see what I can do, what's going on? So Sean said, Well, there's it sounds crazy, but there's there's an evil magician in our neighborhood all of a sudden. A malicious magician. He's he's awful. And I said, Okay, I'm listening. Tell me more. So he comes out at night and I don't know, man, the dude's like twelve feet tall. It's a little hard to tell. He's huge. Way bigger than a normal person. He stands up on top of his roof of this house. And he's just scaring people and he's demanding things from them. He shoots down lightning and makes stuff explode. And does all this weird stuff. He's got this big, crazy, loud, booming voice, way louder than any normal human could have. And he's and he, he, and he demands things of people. He demands people put food and, and money and beer on his front step. And then he has this little assistant guy that comes out and collects it. And it happened once and we thought it was some sort of art thing, some kind of performance. So we just kind of played along, but then it's been coming like a couple times a week now. This magician comes out, this big, giant magician standing on his roof, sending down lightning bolts, making stuff explode. And the whole neighborhood's terrified of him. But we're also terrified not to, you know, give him the food and the money. Otherwise, he says he's going to do something worse. So we're under the... We're being just terrorized by this magician. I said, huh. OK, and, and you think I can help? I said, Yeah. I mean, we've read about you, man. You, you do all sorts of crazy stuff. You've been, you've, you've, you've dealt with vampires and, and werewolves and all kinds of not, like weird stuff, ghosts. And I said, huh, yeah, that's true. I've never tangled with a magician before, but yeah, I can come and try and see what the deal is, see what I can figure out. Uh, why don't you give me the address where this stuff's happening? And I'll come by the next couple nights and try and see it in action. So Sean gave him the address, and that night he went over there. Oh, Sean also told him about what time the magician usually shows up. And, uh, and I know I looked out, because that night the magician was out. Uh, right about the time that the guy said... All of a sudden, this bright light came from one of the rooftops, uh, backlighting this, this, this person who was standing there, and, uh, yeah, the guy looked huge. He sort of stood there posing for a few minutes, and then he started calling out in this booming voice, Said, bring me wine, bring me pizza. Bring me cookies and bring me cash. You better get moving or things are going to start getting rough. And, you know, 10 minutes had passed and none of the things had appeared yet. And then, yeah, this lightning bolt came down from the roof and sapped down onto the sidewalk below and another one. And uh, right about then somebody showed up with some cookies and put those in the steps And the the voice said, "That's right. You do what you're told. That's right. Somebody knows what's going on. But I still need pizza, and I still need wine, and I still need money. And you're gonna get it for me. And then, right on that line, right when you're gonna get it for me, the trash can across the street just exploded. (sighs) A big ball of fire. Trash went everywhere. And I thought, Whoa, this is for serious." And it kind of went on like that, where the stuff that he was asking for showed up bit by bit. Uh, but until it all got there, he kept on doing more lightning bolts and making stuff blow up, and there was a big spotlight that he would shine on people and yell at them. It was a scary scene. It was weird. All I tried to stay out of sight so the magician didn't see him, and, and the magician didn't say anything to him anyway. So maybe he didn't see him. And then once... All the things that he had asked for were there on the step. Just like, the, just like Sean had said, this little assistant guy came out of the door very quietly and very quickly and collected all the things up and uh, went back in the house and locked the door. And a few minutes after that, the magician gave out a loud, malicious sounding laugh. this And then the light went out, and the magician disappeared. After it was all over, Molly went and found Sean, and he said, yeah, okay, so I saw that. That was, that was crazy. And Sean said, I know, right? And it's like this a couple times a week now. None of us know what to do about it. So I thought about it for a while, I said, I'm going to come back during the day. Let's see what I can see. What do you know about that house? So I said, nah, nothing really, man. It was empty for a long time. Uh, And then there was a fortune teller in there for a couple of years. And then she left. And then it was empty for another, like, six months. And then somebody had a bunch of work done in there. And then... After that, they put, you know, the curtains that are in there now went up and nobody's really seen anything inside since. Uh, So we don't know what goes on in there during the day. Nobody comes in or out that we can see. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. And then this started happening. So at some point, this magician guy bought the house, I guess, and moved in, but nobody saw him move in. I I don't really know. But when they were doing the work on it, just a lot of people coming in and out, so we could have moved this stuff in then without anybody really noticing. We didn't think about anything about it then. We just thought, okay, somebody else is moving in there. Cool, maybe it'll be a nice business or something. But, yeah, we didn't expect that a malicious magician was going to move in, so we weren't paying much attention to it. I said, yeah, that makes sense. Well, I'm going to come back in the morning and see what I can figure out. I don't think I'm going to see anything else here tonight. In the morning, Ollie came back. He started to look around. The magician had blown up two trash cans that night. So we went over and looked at them. He could see the burn marks. And there was some damage to the lid, which had flown off and exploded. Uh, There wasn't a whole lot of damage other than that to the can. It was a pretty careful explosion, really. Um, Like, the can wasn't busted. And the bag was torn, but you know, not that bad, honestly, for an explosion, which I found curious. And you know, he put all he put the lid back on, and it looked like it a regular trash can again, like nothing had happened. And the same was true of the other one. Uh, and looked at the, looked around on the ground where the lightning bolts were hitting, which was kind of in front of the house. And he noticed that there were really, really skinny wires in some spots near there that went up into a tree. And I followed the wires into the tree and they were really hard to see. You could just barely see them. They were hard, almost nothing at all. But then they went from the tree they went basically up to the roof where the magician had been standing two of them went straight from the tree another of them went onto a light pole and then up to the house but it's like well that's weird the magician is sending his lightning bolts along these wires he's got installed how bizarre um and I thought, well, I'm going to need to climb up on that roof and see what I can see. And as he was starting to think about how to do that in a way that would be safe, he saw a guy come around in a hard hat and a vest with a clipboard. And he had a little wheelbarrow. And he went over to the trash can that was blown up. And he started messing with it. It's like fixing it and putting it back together and putting a new bag in the bottom and putting the lid back on. And he did the same thing with the other one. He went over there and he you know, pulled the trash that was in the bottom out and you know, put some stuff back in, like put the liner back in right and messed around with it a little bit and then put a bag in and then put the lid back on. And he went over to another trash can that was nearby, and he pulled the bag out and checked some stuff you know, at the bottom of the can, stuff like that, and then put the lid back on and put a new bag in. And uh, yeah, he did that on a handful of garbage cans nearby, and then he went back around the corner, and I lost sight of him. I don't know, that was a little—I mean, I guess the city's just fast. He heard about the explosions, but if the city had heard about the explosions, why didn't they, you know, send the police or something? And I was thinking about that, thinking about that, and then he thought, eh, I'm going to have to come back to that question later. So he went around to the back side, the alley side of that house. He'd kind of counted over from the end of the street because he wanted to see what he saw. The back side didn't really have any clues. There was, it was a three-story building, pretty standard Baltimore Row House, of kind of medium quality and niceness. Uh, the backside had a, a three-story wooden fire escape in a small yard. Maybe, oh, I don't know, half the size of the house, roughly the yard. It was, like, normal stuff in the back of the yard. It was a little bit overgrown. There was a grill. There's some trash cans. You know, normal backyard stuff. Nothing... It's nothing special. And there's some windows, but they had curtains over them, just like in the front. I thought, well, if I'm going to get up under that roof, this is going to be my way. So he carefully climbed over the fence, trying to be as sneaky as he could. And he climbed up the fire escape, trying to stay away from the windows just in case. It was a little bit creaky, and he was worried about that, so he was trying to be as subtle as he could be. He climbed up there. Got under the roof. We got under the roof. What he saw was a little bit different than the roofs around it. Because most of the roofs were just flat and had, you know, chimneys and satellite dishes and things like that up there. But this one had an actual, um, like a, a, a door. Not a door, but like a, that's what I'm looking for. Well, anyway, a door. It would s- look like it would swing up from inside and it was all well sealed and stuff and there was some equipment up on the roof there was a bright light I mean a big light all I could see uh, a couple lights actually and there was some electrical equipment and some kind of screen and I climbed over there and you could see that there was one of them was a fog machine that was up there And I thought, huh, that's weird. And he climbed down the front of the building, very carefully to see if he could see in any of the windows, but they were all covered in curtains. So all I'd kind of seen, all that he could see, he didn't want to risk opening up the door in case somebody was right inside. So he left back down, and he said to Sean, uh, I don't live too far from here, so if the, if the magician comes tonight, give me a call, and I'll come right over. I have an idea. Well, the magician didn't come that night, so Sean didn't call. But the next night, the magician came, and all he was able to get there. In like five minutes, the magician was still doing his thing. So I went back around the back again, and he climbed up. The um, no, he actually climbed at the front so I said, I'm just going to go and talk to this magician I'm trying to see what this deal is why he's being a jerk like this and he started climbing and the little assistant guy must have heard him, so he came out the front door and then went right back in the front door he must have run up to tell the magician, because, you know, 30 seconds later, the magician was, started yelling. You there, get off my house. What are you thinking? I'll shoot you down the lightning bolt. I'll make you explode. You've seen what I can do. How dare you? How dare you? get off my house. You get off my house. You know, he didn't say anything. He just kept climbing. I figured he'd be up there soon enough. He kind of climbed off to the side a little bit so it wouldn't come up right, you know, at the guy's ankles or whatever. He said, I'm oh, serious. You get out of here. You're not welcome here. You're not from this neighborhood. You're not from here. You're not allowed to be here. Saying all kinds of things like that. And all I got up there on the roof. And things looked very different up there. So all I... St- st- there's a lot of bright light, and I couldn't quite see the magician clearly, even from up there. But he did see the little assistant guy back kind of near the door doing stuff with the electrical equipment, he was kind of sitting on a lawn chair, pulling some strings, pressing some buttons, uh, and kind of facing away from, from the magician. And the magician bellowed, Pay no attention to the man in the lawn chair. You talk to me, the magician said. Get off my roof before I zap you with lightning. And I said, I think you should zap me with lightning. The magician said, What? What are you talking about? Lightning would kill you. You're just you're an octopus. That's weird enough. I said, I don't think you can hit me with lightning. And the magician got really mad then. That I can do what I want. I'm the magician of 25th Street. Nobody messes with me. I know you're not from around here because everyone from around here is too smart to mess with me. And I said, if you're so powerful, if you're the great and powerful wizard of 25th Street, then go ahead. Zap me with lightning or make me explode. And they just said, how dare you? And he made two trash cans explode. But all I could see that as he did that, the assistant guy pressed a couple buttons back in the back. And he couldn't see the assistant very well either because of the light, but he could see that the guy reached over and pressed two things. He could see his arm move. So I decided he was just going to ignore the magician, and he walked right over. And the magician got mad then. He said, I said, pay no attention to the man in the lawn chair. You talk to me. But as all he got closer, he realized something. This is the assistant at a microphone. And Ollie had brought his flashlight. And was a big, bright flashlight. And he'd turn the flashlight on the assistant then. And he could see the assistant had one hand on the electrical equipment. And in the other hand was a microphone. he shined that flashlight right in the assistant's face. And he turned back to the magician and said, I'm not leaving until you tell me what's going on, or until you shoot me with lightning bolts. What do you have to say about that? And he stared right at the assistant. And the assistant didn't say anything. And the magician didn't say anything. And the assistant started looking real nervous. Only walked up closer walked up closer. He got right in his face, and in a quick, sudden motion, he grabbed the microphone. He said into the microphone loud and clear, the magician is a fraud. And sure enough, all his voice came through. The magician was a fraud. And the assistant scrambled for the door, but Ollie got him by the ankle. He tripped over and banged his head, and he laid there moaning. And Ollie turned his flashlight on the controls. He saw four buttons that said lightning. And he pressed them one, two, three, four, and saw a lightning charge shoot down the wires that he'd found before. And he saw buttons marked trash cans, and he knew what that was for, to make the trash cans explode. And I reached over and he saw a big power switch and he turned it off. And um, he saw the magician not walk away this time, but just slump over. Slump over fold like a piece of paper and fall over. And then I saw the light switch and he turned the light off. Then he turned the light back on. And he went over and he moved it and he shined the light down on where the magician had been standing and there was this, like, inflatable doll thing. Ten feet tall. In a little magician outfit. But totally fake, just an inflatable doll. Around that time, the assistant started to stir. And I went over to him. He said, the jig's up. You're the magician, aren't you? The guy said, I had a good thing going here. Why'd you have to come and ruin it? I wasn't hurting anybody. I fixed the trash cans every night. The lightning wasn't real. I wasn't hurting anybody. Why'd you have to come and ruin my business? I said, your business is scaring people. I'm happy to ruin it. You better clear out of here. I want to get the police involved in your little scam and then we'll see who's the big and mighty and powerful around here. The guy scowled at Ollie as he climbed down into his door and he heard a big latch go ka-chunk. Ollie climbed back down the side of the building. He pulled out the wires that had been, you know, the lightning bolts had run down before he called up Sean. I mean, but Sean was already there. He said, Ollie, that was nuts. A bunch of the trash cans exploded and the lightning bolts went all at once, but then the magician just crumbled over. I've never seen anything like it. I said, yeah, I had not seen anything like it either. But did you catch what happened there? So yeah, I heard your voice instead of the magician's voice. And you said the magician's a fraud? That assistant guy is the only magician there. And like a like the real magicians you see on stage, is nothing but an illusion. He had a blow-up doll and a big speaker and some wires connected to little charges and lightning bolts. It was all fake, it was all a show. That assistant was the only person in the room he was just scamming you all. It was an elaborate scam. He must be some kind of electrical engineer or something. But you don't have to worry about it anymore, I'm pretty sure that he's gonna quietly disappear now. If he doesn't, you call me and I'll come back. But indeed, the magician didn't bother the neighborhood again. A few days later, a truck pulled up in the back. And the assistant, who now we know is the magician, and a couple of people moved a bunch of boxes out of the house. Maybe, you know, basically a whole truckload full. They drove off, and nobody saw him ever again. That, that that well, he'd taken all this stuff with him, presumably. And that is this case of Ollie and the Malicious Magician.